Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. This is Simon Rose. We've missed a week because I was away skiing. Though, to be perfectly honest, when we were due to record this last week, I wasn't skiing. I was in a hospital in a place called Albertville. Uh, because I'd broken my leg skiing, but we couldn't have done it from the hospital bed, but we are doing it from my sick bed now. We are doing um, it from your sick bed, and I'm sorry about your broken leg, so but um, let's not mention it again. No, there were no gadgets apart from hospital beds where you had buttons to sort of sit up and sit down. There were no exciting gadgets at all to report back upon, I'm afraid. So I'm no. resorting to things like litter pickers to pick things up from the floor and stuff like well, that. Well, maybe I've got some gadgets for you. Oh, well, that would be excellent. I'm, I'm in a mood for ordering any sort of rubbish from Amazon. <laughs> well, um, you might be interested in the new Kim E wheelchair. Oh, I am. Absolutely. Well, as long as I don't have finished. to push it. They're not quite finished inventing it yet, but they will soon. It's a Lithuanian company called Kronos Robotics. Mm. And the wheelchair has two wheels rather like a Segway. So it it self-balances. I'm getting a bit nervous. Okay. And it has um, the ability to lift itself up or lift the the passenger up Mm. uh, so that you can be on a head height with people rather than having them talking down to you. That it is a pr- problem, isn't very, it? People do good. talk down to people both um, metaphorically and physically. Yes, um, yes. they do. Um, 12 mile an hour top speed, 19 okay. mile range, which is quite a lot for a wheelchair, and yes. it can climb slopes of up to 20 degrees. Still can't do stairs, rather like Daleks. Daleks, yes. yes. Oh, I, I like the rather Alexander. But I think I'd be a little bit nervous that the mechanism that balances you on two wheels will suddenly go wrong. Well, it doesn't when you're on a Segway. There's no reason why it should. Really? Okay. So yeah. I've never done one. Well, I mean, you, you have, absolutely should. They're good you fun. You've spent 10 years extolling Segways. The at thing least. about Segways was when you first get on them, you think, oh, this is really weird. How do you do this? Within about two minutes, it just becomes an extension of your thought. It's okay. quite extraordinary. But there, right? are only, you, intuitive. there are only just a few people now who use them because it's not. And has the Segway become like the Sinclair C5 where, you know, a, a, a sort of a trailblazer that didn't succeed, but everybody who came past well, realised what to do. I think other people are making equivalents. So in uh, Italy, for example, the traffic police all ride segways. Oh. Hmm. I wonder, oh, well, I love the idea. I mean, we've all seen those videos of Italian traffic policemen we have. You know, to music that other people have put on, doing all their wonderful gesticulations. Yeah. If they're on a segway as well, that's Fabulous. absolutely delightful. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait to find to see that. Okay, what do we have next? So moving along, um, electric skis. Since you're obviously in a skiing <laughs> frame of mind, yes. This is the Skywheel One. It's spelled S K Wheel, but it's pronounced Skywheel apparently. Mm. So okay. they probably couldn't get S K Wheel dot com. Um, and they are elong, kind of like elongated um, uh, electric skates. So they're not quite as long as full skate mm. as full skis, but they'll be two or three feet long. And they have two wheels, front and back, um, and they have front and back lights as well. So you can ski electrically ski in the dark and you can ski anywhere. But All presumably not on tires, snow if they're using wheels. Not on snow. Yeah, you okay, yeah, yeah. Snow. I see what you mean. Okay. Mm. Um up to fifty miles an hour if you're on private land. 
if you're on the public highway, then they're limited to 16 miles now. Of course, I suppose they're classed as you know electric bikes or scooters. Hmm. Or 16 still decent enough. Yes. Okay. Well, they're on Indiegogo now. Seventeen hundred euros. It's about fourteen fifty pounds, and you've got until the eighth of February if you decide that you want some of these. I imagine that you're not in the mood for thinking about electric skis right now. Well, probably not quite yet, but I'm quite intrigued by the idea. Right. Well, let's move on. Okay. Let's go to back to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, oh, yes. which was uh, a couple of weeks ago, but a couple of rather interesting things that we didn't get time to cover when we looked at it in our last show. The um, Hyundai Mobion, it is a concept car from Hyundai, and it solves the problem of parallel parking. And the way it does it is by having all four wheels rotating through 90 degrees Mm. so the car can drive sideways. Isn't that clever? I have to say, I think it is, yes. It is. So it's an electric car, obviously, because it's got the motors in each mm. of the wheels mm. so the whole thing can rotate um and it look or you can just ro- rotate the rear wheels if you want to sort of maneuver into a, a tight space that mm. you're going into front ways and because there's going to be rather baffling for pedestrians um it can project a zebra crossing onto the road in front of you to show that it's safe for them to cross that well that's intriguing except have they thought that through if you project a zebra crossing onto the road but a car's coming the other way and doesn't know that you've projected a zebra crossing on the road, you might be encouraging them to go halfway and then get hit by another car. I, you might. I think it's more if you're it's like in a car park and you want to slide in sideways and there's a pedestrian waiting for you to go, then you can oh, I see. and then yeah, slide so that you, You're still yeah. going to get some funny looks from the pedestrians. Well, it seems like a very good idea. I mean, if you consider how badly meant that many people park, I think it's a wonderful idea. Hmm. Yes. Okay. I, Concept talk, cars, of course, never often turn out to appear on the streets, do they? But well, no, this one. Well, it might do because it's such a good idea. Mm. We'll we'll wait and see. I'm sure you've told us about another car where the, where there is some independence of the wheels, where you can get into parking places more. Yes, easily, but, not, but not, not completely not at ninety degrees. Complete yeah. ninety degrees. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now we talked back on our Christmas gift show back in December about a ludicrously expensive transparent television. I recall. Um, which was produced by some bizarre Chinese company who I think have now stopped making them. But now LG, who make <laughs> televisions, have yes. jumped onto the invisible bandwagon and they have produced their own transparent TV, which they describe as practically invisible. Well, it's not, of course, practically invisible, but it's like a slightly opaque pane of glass. The idea is that a big television, this is a 77-inch television, so it's huge. It's as big as you'd really want a TV to be. That they, when they're turned off, they're just a huge black rectangle in the mm. quarter of your room. And this one, you can see through, so you can see your wallpaper behind it. They also make a rather nifty sort of room divider kit for it. So it's um, supported on a, a rather nice frame, lifted up to a good viewing height. And then when it's switched off, it's just, you see straight through it, just like a, a pane mm. of glass. They describe it as, um, cordless and it's not really cordless because you have to plug it in but there's a separate wireless box that Mm. does all the all the electronics in it that transmits um via bluetooth or wi-fi or whatever it is to the tv um so it is a very clean and neat 
piece of kit. And if you're showing, you know, vases of flowers or something on it with a transparent background, then it looks fabulous. If you're watching a film, particularly one set at night, then, of course, the black doesn't show up at all. So what they've done there is that they've built in a roll-up black piece of film that comes up behind the TV for when you want to watch it actually as TV. Uh, and uh, and then it goes out of the way when you don't. So altogether, mm, it won't be cheap, no price yet, but I guarantee it won't be cheap, but certainly very cute. Well, let's thank you very much. Let's have one of these. Now, one of the things you can do in your bedridden, wheelchair-bound state yes. is look through binoculars. And I I'm thinking kind of rear window here, of course, although yes. Yes. since that didn't particularly end well, then uh, <laughs> no. it might yes. not be the best solution. But if you've got your binoculars to hand, then you could uh, use them for a spot of bird watching. The mm. problem being, how do you know what bird you're looking at? Well, you can look through the binoculars and then you can get out a book and you can try and match the book to the bird, but then by that time the bird would have flown away and mm. you'll be none the wiser. Or you could get a, a pair of AX Visio binoculars made by Swarovski Optic. And I don't think this is the same Swarovski that make the diamond encrusted oh, yes, yes. stuff mm. that clutters yeah. up your house. Swarovski Optic. Well, not my, it doesn't clutter up my house. No, it probably doesn't. <laughs> this is to the AX Visio binoculars. They have a 13 megapixel camera in it with facial recognition or rather avian recognition. It has a neural processing unit, which is quite a new thing for binoculars, I think, which can identify 9,000 different varieties of birds and indeed wildlife. So I think it can tell the difference between different kinds of not only birds and owls, but also mm ferrets and whatever else you're going to see with your binoculars. Well, it seems actually fascinating. It does seem fascinating. Here's the really clever part. Once you've seen an interesting bird and you've identified it as being, you know, a lesser spotted cormorant yes. or something, yep, yep. and you've got a friend with you, and you can say, um, have a look at this. So you pass them the binoculars. They don't know where to look. Well, you can mark the bird in the binoculars, and then when you pass the binoculars to your friend, they'll have arrows showing them where to turn the binoculars so they can see whatever it was you were looking at. It sounds remarkably clever, as if they've actually sort, thought of everything first, instead of letting us point out it how does, silly they're yes. being. It'll be available from the 1st of February, so just a, a week away, for $4,799. Ow. About 3,800 quid. Might us be AT and probably uh, postal charges. I am not a, a, a bird watcher myself, but I do understand looking at the cameras that many of them carry around in Richmond Park where I go walking, they are willing to spend a lot of money on their equipment. Yes. Well, I'm sure Twitchers aplenty will be queuing up <laughs> to. Uh, to, to write to complain that you're calling them twitchers. Yes, I'm sure they will. Oh, no, like, I thought they called themselves twitchers. Oh, maybe they do. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'll look yeah. it up later. Anyway, well. uh, time for us just to give you a chance to catch your breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose discussing gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan. We've actually had some quite useful things so far. Very we have quite useful things. Yes, yes, fantastic. Where do we go now? Well, we're going on to robot lawnmowers. And robot lawnmowers 
as you know, will patrol your garden, mm-hmm. doing its mowing, clearing everything in its path, including hedgehogs, which is... Ooh. Yes, I know, but they do tend to run over hedgehogs. Well, a researcher at the University of Oxford has decided that it's no good. And so she has come up with a stunt hedgehog. (laughs) What? Effectively, it's a crash test dummy hedgehog. Right. And she has put this in the path of, well, first of all, she took 50 regular hedgehogs, live living hedgehogs, and put them in the front of mowers, which had had the blades removed Mm. to see what they did. And they do one of three things. They either run away or they stand in front of the lawnmower or they curl up into a ball. Mm. The last two being suboptimum if you want to avoid being shredded. So she is using a crash test dummy Mm. hedgehog to try and train facial recognition or rather hedgehog recognition systems. Mm. But she hopes will then be built into robot lawnmowers. Who knows? Maybe something clever. But when was the last time you saw a hedgehog? I mean, I haven't seen one really since about my 20s or 30s. Um, They're much rarer. I saw one a couple of years ago. Okay. Yes. We used to see them all the time when we were kids, though. No, I think you just imagine you saw them all the time when you were kids. Really? Yeah. You used to put milk out for them. Milk? Yeah. Oh, why? Why did I? Like milk? I don't know. My, I don't know. My mother told us about it. How can hedgehogs have a taste for milk unless they leap no up onto idea. a cow's eye? I have no idea. Maybe it attracted the cats that then killed the hedgehogs. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it did. <laughs> so uh, let's have a little piece of audio. Are you ready oh, with your finger I on the button? I am absolutely with my finger on the button. Here we go. Oh, now this has happened again. I know I've already played this once and it faded out nice and quietly. I double checked it and yet it's just decided maybe it doesn't like it. Maybe it's maybe it doesn't. It's, maybe <laughs> it's it's, maybe filter. <laughs> maybe yes, I guess remember it's podcast soundboards. Uh, yes, critical interference with the program. Anyway, it, it so didn't do much was, else. That was the sound, as I'm sure you're aware, of a theremin. Yes. Um, theremin being a bizarre instrument which you don't touch, which has a loop of wire and a vertical antenna, mm. and you move your hands around to change the yes. pitch and the volume and indeed the tone. Well, they're quite difficult to use. Mm. Although if you've seen people who are very good at it, it is um, very impressive. Mm. Um, this is the stylophone theremin, which is a kind of mix of the two. So it has a bank of controls, uh, one of which just switches between sine waves and square mm. waves, so you can get a ooh or air, eh, mm. effectively. And there is an antenna that you move your hand up and down to change the pitch, but also control panels to tweak the sound and a little wheel to change the volume. And it also has a keyboard, like a stylophone keyboard, but rather bizarrely, rather than playing it with a stylus, you play it with a slider that you sort of drag between between the notes you want to play. So you still get that theremin glide mm. as you go from, from one note to another. And it looks really, really cute. Um, it'll be available shortly. You can pre-order it from stylophone.com for $110, which I think is actually quite a good price. For well, I've a... got an app that sort of simulates a theremin, which I imagine you told me about on the programme, called Theremin Pro. But it yes. doesn't really do what this does. No. But I'm also quite intrigued by the word stylophone. 
which, if you remember, the rather disgraced Rolf Harris once promoted. Yes. And uh, you were always envious of people at it with, who had them at school, but after two days, they got bored of them. Um, it's a ridiculous way to play an instrument. At the time, it was the only way to play an electronic keyboard without shelling out for a, a Moog synthesizer for many Were there any pop now. stars who actually had big um, hits with stylophones, or did they have That's to wait That's a good question. Moves? I think it's unlikely. <laughs> I will try and check it out. Fantastic. This sounds actually wonderful. So why is it stylophone? Is it the same company that's just kept going? I think so, yes. Good grief. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds rather a good idea. Shall we move on, then? I think we should move on to Instagram. Um, Instagram being very popular among teenagers, they use it instead of email, actually. And then largely instead of Twitter, yes. Yes, Instagram is their means of communication. And uh, Instagram are getting concerned, or they're not really getting concerned, they're pretending to get concerned about uh, teenagers overusing it. So uh, launching shortly... If someone who they know is a teenager uses an inst- their Instagram account for more than 10 minutes at night, 10 mm. minutes being nothing for teenagers on Instagram, yes, it'll give them a message saying, it's getting late, consider closing Instagram for the night. And what self-respecting teenager wouldn't immediately <laughs> yes. shut off their computer and uh, put on a Winnie the Pooh yes. after Yes, absolutely. After telling their parents that they'd be naughty and please chastise us. Exactly. Yes. Well, it'll be, yeah. Uh, okay. I can't believe that for a minute. But uh, time for me to play one of our own noises not produced by the theremin. Did that one plays the whole way through? So I'm quite it's puzzled curious. by the other one, which I checked first. Perhaps I should never check them. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe he yeah, thinks yeah. you've already heard this. <laughs> yes, yeah, no absolutely. Here's the yes. reminder of what you've yes. already Are you a teenager? Isn't it time to go to bed? Yes. <laughs> so Elon Musk tweeted some new video footage. Oh, exceeded. How do you, I don't know how you're supposed to say exed. He exed some new video footage yeah. of uh, the Tesla Optimus, which is his um, robot that he's building. Uh, folding a T-shirt, and it's very impressive. It takes the crumpled T-shirt out of a box, lays it on the table, and folds it, and you get a beautifully folded T-shirt. And a few people watching the video noticed that just out of shot, occasionally coming into shot, were a a hand clearly wearing a robotic glove that (gasps) was obviously showing the robot what to do. Oh, that's naughty. And they pointed this out, and then Elon Musk had to say, and send another tweet, another X, saying, yeah, well, they can't actually do this autonomously yet, but it will, it will, very soon. I'm almost surprised they can't do it autonomously, given that they can fry burgers and other things like that. Well, yes, yes, they can, but, well, it's complicated. It is very complicated. Well, I can't do it. No. Not neatly. No. Never have been. Well, then wait a few years and you might have a robot (laughs) to do it for you. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. So where now? Uh, Well, Nikon. Nikon uh, produced a new uh, AI camera. Um, And it's not for you. It's for pregnant cows. Of course. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes, okay. It's for farmers (laughs) who own pregnant cows. Okay. And the thing about pregnant cows is when they're about to give birth, if the farmer isn't there, then all Mm. kinds of things can go wrong, as we know from James Herriot Mm. and his various TV incarnations. And before you sort of put your long rubber glove, your shoulder-length rubber glove on just in case, Mm. uh, this is a system that will be implemented 
with an AI detection built into it, and it'll alert the farmer when the cow is about to give birth, and then he can put on his glove, rush out there, and do the necessary. That sounds fantastic. I was watching Clarkson's Farm, which is a surprisingly good programme, taught me rather a lot about farming. Uh, they had some early detection system. Oh. It wasn't quite as reliable, I suspect, as, as that. But there is already some something that will sort of tell you if a cow is perhaps yeah. about to give birth. But yeah, incredibly useful. Well, this will be available. They don't always do it when you're looking at them. They probably don't. <laughs> this is, well, It's available on subscription 900 thousand yen a year which is about four thousand seven hundred pounds i'm not going to tell you where to go to find out because if you are a farmer <laughs> with pregnant cows listening to this program you're probably in a minority <laughs> that is certainly true so where now uh well still uh sticking with cars or the back to cars cars are getting wider rather yeah. like their owners i think but cars are getting wider it's been shown by um one centimeter every two years and mm. it's because people like SUVs, and they like bigger and bigger SUVs. Mm. And the problem is that SUVs are dangerous. They've been proved to be dangerous because they have very high front ends, and when they hit pedestrians rather than them bouncing off, or if Google gets its way sticking to the bonnet, mm. Mm. they're instead sucked underneath and get trapped under the car. And the other problem is that as the cars get wider, there's less and less space left for cyclists to weave between them. Yes. And I've noticed this myself as a as a cyclist that it's it's getting trickier to go between traffic because the cars are getting bigger and bigger. So what's the solution? I haven't got one. People should stop buying big cars and get little cars. Or in fact stop buying cars and go back onto bicycles. Mm. Well and, you know, so we have many politicians who are trying to make us do absolutely that, but not everybody wants to do it. No, indeed, they don't. And it'll be a little while before I'm riding a bicycle, I'm afraid. But we still have time uh, for something else. Okay, then let us go on to surveillance drones, um, beloved of the military worldwide. The trouble is, of course, that surveillance drones get shot down because mm. no one wants a surveillance drone hovering overhead when there's clearly an enemy drone. And the solution from a Dutch company called Guard From Above Mm. is called the Evolution Eagle. And it is a drone that looks like an eagle. That's clever. That's clever. So it has a, like, a, with outstretched wings. The wings don't flap. It has little propellers built into mm. the front of it. But mm. from the ground, of course, you don't be able to see those. And it can be, it can stay up for about an hour, and it cruises at 37 miles an hour. The only problem, of course, that is now that people, uh, soldiers will be blasting eagles out of the well, sky. Well, yes, you can't have a feeling. Drones. They've got guns anyway. They might just get bored and want to shoot down an eagle. And it can't presumably look like an eagle flying, because I imagine the wings are fixed. The wings are fixed, but then eagles do ride thermals. So you, I don't think you ever really see an eagle flapping its wings. They, okay. they tend to glide. Certainly, the eagles that I've seen on video tend to glide around, but this could be bad news for for eagles. And uh, finally, AI. Oh, I got it. Eagles oh. should impersonate drones. Eagles should impersonate drones. Oh, they still get shot down. Yeah, they were. No, they're stuffed. Okay, sorry. Last one. Last one. Uh, AI in wine choosing. There are lots mm. of apps that help you choose wine. Things like Vivino and Hello Vino, that. and they yeah. scan your labels. Well, the Technic University of Denmark have teamed up with the University of Copenhagen, which is also, I suppose, in Denmark. Um, and they've decided that what people think about wines is actually how people relate to wines. 
So they've taken the whole load of people, 360 people, given them various wines to taste, and they and they gauge their flavour impressions. And then the idea is that I will then recommend uh, similar wines to those wines that you already mm. like. And they say the same could be used for beer and coffee. Okay, but not available yet, presumably. Not available yet, as with quite a few things on this show. Steve, thank you very much indeed. That's it for this edition of Gadgets and Gizmos. We will be back with more Gadgets and Gizmos at the same time next week. Next week, my thanks to Steve. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.